Good evening and welcome to the Black Robe Podcast. I'm Carol Mitchell. It has been a hot day outside and the topic and content for tonight's show is sizzling, sizzling like bacon. Because <laughs> we've got none other than X himself. You know, a lot of people, all you got to do is say X. And everybody knows who you're talking about. But for the benefit of those of you who don't know, Xavier Cooper is with us on the Black Road podcast tonight. Welcome, Eric. Hey, hey. Hello, world. Uh, thank you for having me, uh, Carol and Tia. I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate and grateful to be here. I'm blessed. I'm on the right side of the dirt. So I really ain't got nothing to complain about. I like that. You're on the right side of the dirt. <laughs> Well, we're excited tonight because there's so much goodness that we want to share with people. It's all positive tonight. So if you if you want a sad story, this is the wrong podcast for you tonight. If you want people that are mad and upset, you might have to go next door, talk to your neighbor, because <laughs> it won't happen here tonight. We're going to be talking with Xavier Cooper about his crystal stair story. Some of you know, those are the stories of triumph and struggle and mastery and success and achievement. And we try to focus on people of color here in Tacoma and Pierce County who have reached the top of at least one set of those crystal stairs that I think all of us want to experience. So again, welcome, Xavier. Let's start with Dolores Silas High School, what used to be called Wilson High School. Class of what? Because see, I know you're a lot younger than you look. So tell us what, about <laughs> X at Wilson. Uh, class of 2010, um, I enrolled in, um, in Wilson, uh, now Dolores Silas High School, um, you know, Back in the day, it, it seems like a long time ago, but really time went super, super fast for me there. And, um, you know, Wilson uh, Silas now has always been a diverse um, um, campus. And Carol, I don't know if you want to want me to elaborate on my experience or the ex or, or 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 my intuition and my vision and 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 my actions towards uh trying to change the name uh to Dolores Silas High School. Yes, tell us about that cuz you know, I knew you were moving and shaking and you know, making making adjustments behind the scenes, but tell us about it. How did what was your role? Yes, um well my role was behind the scenes as well as is active um with the rest of the team um how it uh, came uh, to happening was I was, you know, talking uh, to uh, coach, uh, um, the former uh, high school football coach at Silas, Ahmad Robinson, and uh, he had sent me some information on uh, um, Woodrow Wilson. And a lot of stuff, this was in 2020, so there's a lot of news, a lot of stuff going on in the world. And there is a, a name change across the country happening at a college um, campus in Ahmad. Uh, send me the information and so I thought about it and I was like you know what why as a leader in my community would I allow you know younger students who may not know may not be educated 
maybe they just don't know because of their 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 environment hasn't educated them or their parents hasn't educated them or them themselves hasn't been educated to continue to go to a, a institution a high school um and representing a high school with the name of someone who was a, a well-known racist and that oppressed people um and mm. so i decided to reach out to bernadette um the high school principal at dolores and let her know how i feel felt about it and she sat on it reached back reached back out to me said she was going to approach uh the tacoma public school board and they asked us to to put a plan in place that they had you know put in place before um for other people who wanted to change the name and so we went through we designed the committee the committee was full of historians um economic uh um you know economists um the the room was very broad and you know we had some tough discussions but at the end of the day everyone's spirits and hearts uh felt that this was the right thing to do and we got it done and and you know i i felt like without those group of people we would have never got it done yeah but it it usually does take it really only takes one match to start a fire and it seems like you you and maybe one or two others were the catalysts for what became a movement and the beautiful thing was it happened while she was still alive to see it and experience it and be honored that way. But let's talk a little bit about your your football career at Wilson and some things you discovered about yourself that now have a lot to do with your philanthropic work uh, in your nonprofit, Everyone Loves Differently, or as you call it, so coolly, ELD. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, I think that, you know, our past obviously uh, affects the present and the future. Um, and when I was at, when I started, you know, I, I'll take you back. I'll take you back. I've always been a high energy, um, curious uh, child. And as my mom would, would say, I could never sit my ass down. And so they, uh, <laughs> they, they enrolled me, my, my mother and my father enrolled me in sports very young. And, you know, I took a liking to sports, you know, because as I know now, I, I w- but I didn't know then I was a kinesthetic learner. So I, I, I learned best, you know, through seeing, touching and feeling. So sports um, was natural to me. And so when it came to education in school, I really struggled in school. Uh, you know, I wasn't, I couldn't read or write um, at the level of my peers. Um, I felt like an outcast. Then that turned into social emotional troubles. Uh, challenges for myself inwardly because I felt outcasted so I acted out and so as I went and experienced these different levels elementary middle school high school it wasn't until I got to high school where um, I was really you know not productive wasn't performing well showing out and so Cherry Godot uh, God rest Cherry Godot's soul um, she was a a black um, um, a black uh, principal at the time at, at, at Wilson, now Silas, and she pulled me and my parents in and said, look, Xavier's at a high risk for dropping out. Um, I think we should get some, some, uh, you know, some, an IEP, a 504 plan. And me and my parents didn't want to hear that. You know, at that time, you know, learning disabilities, learning challenges was taboo. You know, uh, you mm-hmm. sent the kids to 
uh, the special ed classes, that that was, first of all, as a parent at that time, I probably wouldn't have wanted to heard that either. And that's very uncomfortable for um, a, a young person that age to have to experience that. And so um, I had the support as Silas because of Cherry and because of my parents, you know, I had the support. But at the same time, I also had football and football was my identity. Football gave me that personality because, you know, I was I was a little bit, you know, outcast. I was biracial kid. Here's a kid that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to give respect for my black peers, trying to give respect for my white peers. You know, it's 50 50. But on the football field, you had to respect me. And so because I was so good and I, I realized that the, these learning challenges, you know, all played into my success with football, because if I didn't have to work harder and harder in the classroom, I would have never got where I landed in, in, in football. Yeah, let me say something about the IEP and the 504 plans and how important those are. Parents, if your children need that extra support from the moment they walk into that kindergarten classroom, please sit down with the school administration and get your child what they need. Get it early. Um, as X just said, to me, what those plans do is force a system that's set up for a particular type of learner a particular type of student. That's what, you know, it's really set up for, quote, the average visual and auditory learner. You know, a, a child that you can say, go do this, Johnny, and that's all you got to do. Or a child that looks at their name and can immediately write it. But there's so many other ways that children learn. And those plans force that system to be more flexible so that children who don't learn in traditional ways can still get where they need to be. So don't be ashamed. Don't, you know, don't hold back. All you're doing with those plans is making that system adapt itself to what your child really needs. And Xavier is a beautiful example of uh, the power of sports too, as a great outlet for that different learning style and that energy and passion. Can I brag on a brother a little bit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need to. I need to brag on you first because <laughs> I, I think the message that you just sent uh, is powerful, Carol. I think that in this day and age, um, we should embrace our differences at all levels, spiritually, physically, and mentally. And parents, if you're noticing that your child or um, someone in your household has, you know, some learning challenges, go go seek that help. Because if you don't seek that help, it's only only hindering you. And if you're if you're being hindered, then you're allowing the opportunity for someone to take advantage of you. Uh, especially if you're in the BIPOC community, you're allowing somebody to oppress you, and you become an instrument of oppression if you're not educated. And so. You need to understand how, yeah, Woo! so you need to understand how you learn so you can better um, adapt to this ever-changing world and, and, and make the world, you know, change for you. You know, don't, don't change for the world. Make the world have to change for you. So, you know, Carol, thank you for sharing that message. Of course.
and um, you were very successful, not just in football, but on basketball court too. And I can remember interviewing you with your your AAU team that you played with. Tell people a little bit about how that year-round sports and being associated with an AAU team led you to a career in the National Football League. Yes, yes. I, I, I first uh, got to start by, um, you know, thanking um, God for moving my spirit to be around uh, um, some phenomenal um, Black men. Uh, and I want to specifically say uh, 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 Coach White, um, God rest his soul and, and, um, and, and, and Coach Cruel and my father. And there's a lot of um, um, active Black men who are helping out in youth sports, particularly AAU basketball, whether, whether it's because they want to see their sons, um, you know, um, go on to be successful athletes or they just want to help them, um, you know, grow in youth sports as a tool, like you said, um, you know, to build character, to build camaraderie. Uh, and so forth, because, you know, life is a team sport, I believe. And so I got introduced to um, this AAU team because really I was kind of bounced out of soccer. I was um, soccer at the time in, in Tacoma. It, it was it wasn't a lot of minorities playing. And I think my dad and my mom kind of understood that this wasn't the kind of environment they wanted their son in. And so the next sport was basketball. And so they found this AAU basketball team called Dynasty and we played and we practiced on the east side of um of Tacoma and it was a diverse group you know you had uh, young men coming from the military uh parents coming from the military background you had um single moms uh bringing their kids there you had a, a mixed diverse of 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 um of, of humans and we really jailed and we all worked hard we had a high character because our parents um had high character and they believed in um us you know really coming together to do something and, and not quitting on each other and and, and mm. learning through sports and we ended up you know being very competitive in, in fifth grade AAU basketball we we're I I, I want to believe and I and I hope someone could challenge me on it I don't know if there's an, an AAU fifth grade AAU team that went to the that went to New Orleans and won a division two national championship. I don't think it's been done yet. And at, at least out of Tacoma, I don't know. And, um, and so we, we were, we were a really athletic group. A lot of those same um, players that played on that team went on to get division one uh, college scholarships for academics, for football, for basketball. And so I'm, I'm really proud uh, to be a part of that and have that experience. And, and so I've, that, played into my football experience because one of my teammates Imar he introduced me uh to football um and he was on the basketball team so if I don't play on that AU2 AU basketball team I may have not met Imar and Imar may have not introduced me to football so it, it's funny how uh you know things work yes and some of you some of us of course were disappointed because you went to WSU, but that's all right. I'll forgive you as a <laughs> Go as a staunch Husky. They draft well. They didn't draft you. They recruited you. Now, how did your learning challenges and the fact that you learned differently? How did that affect your readiness? To go to WSU. 
yeah, it, it uh, affected me um, a lot. You know, when my junior year, I really took off. I really became a star at, at Wilson now Silas and I led the state in sacks. And um, that, that, that year I had a lot of colleges coming to recruit me um, all over the PAC 12, big 10. And so going into my senior year, um, I get a call to come to the university of Wisconsin, Madison's football camp, summer football camp. And I go there and completely dominate this kid from Tacoma, Washington, that nobody's heard of. I was probably the least recruited kid at the camp dominated the campus so Brett Belima at the time the head coach and Barry Alvarez the uh, AD they're like oh yeah we're gonna we're gonna offer you we're gonna give you a a, a a verbal offer and so I was planning to go to you know University of Wisconsin I'm like I'm getting out of Tacoma and so when they called the school and they got my transcripts they were like oh no 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 there's no way you're gonna qualify for the NCAA and there's no way you're gonna qualify to get into a, a university like UW Madison and that was a shock. And me and my parents didn't realize that we had, we didn't have no idea what the curriculum and the GPA and the SAT scores I needed to qualify for the NCAA and um, for these in, in, uh, universities. So once this got around, most of these universities, they didn't want nothing to do with me because I was a risk, you know, to drop out. Most of them told me, go to a junior college. You know, if you play well at junior college in a couple of years, we'll recruit you. So I, I was feeling like I'm, I may not ever get a chance to play college ball or, you know, chase my dreams of go on and playing football at, a, at another level. And it, so it wasn't for Cherry Godot and some of the principals at uh, um, and educators and admin at Silas that they started to help me get the curriculum I needed uh, told me you need you need to take the SAT. You need to um, start taking school seriously. And then my senior year, Kara, believe it or not, I, after my senior year, I was one of the best players in the state. I had no offers. And I'm gonna tell you a story. Mike Levenseller knocks at my door. He was a recruiter for University. I mean WSU at the time. He knocks on my door. He's like, he and this is the middle of the day, Carol. I'm not even in school. And he, he I'm, I'm like, what's up? And I answered the door. I said, hello. And he, he said, uh, hi, I'm, you know, I'm Mike Levinson. I'm a recruiter at um, in WSU. And I said, OK. And he said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm I'm chilling. And he said, ain't you supposed to be in class? I said, I, I, ain't, I ain't in class right now. He said, you need to get back to class, man. And so he starts to tell me as as I get back to campus for me skipping, playing hooky, young, not understanding what I'm doing. He's like, look, we can get you an opportunity to get into the school, but you're going to have to take an alternative route. And so then he offered me the gray shirt opportunity, which meant I could sign a letter of intent with WSU, but I had to go to community college to get my grade point average, as well as I had to take the SAT a lot more times. I took the SAT five times. So shout out to anybody who took the SAT a lot of times trying to up that score. And it wasn't until, Carol, that I, I knew I found out that I could use my IEP and my 504 to get additional time on the SAT so I can increase my score and balance out my GPA. So it was a lot of stuff. See? Yeah, yes. it was a lot of stuff. Yes, you can use that plan to um, get what you need, do well, because all of these tests are set up for the average person, whatever the hell that is. And brilliance is not average. 
<laughs> so passion cannot be contained inside of average. So sometimes we have to shift those systems and many of them are rooted in the in the intent and the goal of keeping people out. Uh, so people who are not quote average learners, uh, you know, we we need to have these mechanisms for making sure we can be included in places where we were never intended to be, including colleges, quite frankly. If you ask me, some of those NCAA rules about grades came up because it was too many of certain folks showing up on the basketball court in the football field. Uh, <laughs> and one way to control who was present was to impose these grade requirements. We do want people to graduate from college. But now, especially, Xavier, y'all getting paid now, aren't you? <laughs> in the NCAA, aren't they aren't they doing some compensation for using folks' images and you know those of you who are stars and so forth? Now there's there's a lot of opportunity even as a college player, um, you know, to realize some financial benefits. Yes, so Xavier, yeah, there are these opportunities. Uh, for economic benefits now, as well as earning one's degree, right? So it's even more competitive, I would imagine. Yes, um, it, it is super competitive. There's a ton of opportunities out there. Um, I remember when I was a collegiate athlete, the the saying was, you know, you take money now, you lose big money later. So uh, my daddy always told me, he said, don't take no money that's under your door, under your locker. Any, walk, you walking around campus, don't take no money. And I'm like, dad, I'm like, these folks is handing out money to me. He's like, no, do not take any money because what they're going to do is if you get caught, they're going to put your black ass on all over the news and and have a story. And then you're going to be the one ass out. And so I had to move strategic in that. But now I look back and I'm like, man, now seeing what's going on today, I'm like, I'm 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 a little bit mad about it. But at the same time, I I, I, I love it because I know there's a lot of student athletes that need it because their prime is in college um, and they may not see any money or compensation for their hard work, you know, post-college. So they need it now. And I, and I think the the universities, you know, are naive to, to look at these athletes and, 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 and not think they're an asset. They are an asset. They bring millions and billions of dollars to these universities without athletics there is no, you know, big science departments. There is no other departments that they're needing to uh, develop and 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 produce research for, um, you know, for the entire world. So I think athletics, you know, has to be compensated. Well, and we all know what we call labor without compensation. <laughs> we have been through that ugly chapter in our lives and it's time out for that uh, you're so correct there's a lot of money that flows through the athletic departments so you went from wsu to cleveland to new york to san francisco playing in the nfl we were watching you oh lord some doing some hard hitting but you came back to tacoma even after a successful NFL career, and now you've launched 
everyone learns differently as your philanthropic effort to support other students like yourselves who are not the average learner, who maybe needed a different approach. Why did you do that? Yes. Um, when 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 I when I got drafted, uh, uh, Carolyn, um, at at twenty three, I'm like, wow, I'm I'm I, I can't believe I made it to the NFL. Like, it it was it was I was really blown away that that I had made it. I realized I had put in a lot of hard work, but I'm like, man, it's it's a select few who made it. And I always wanted to, you know, I always heard a lot of people say, you know. In my age, when I when I when I grow up, I want to get out of Tacoma. When I when I grow up, I, I don't want nothing to do with these people here. And so for me, my mind was was different. I was like, if you feel that way, you feel that way because you didn't have positive people or uh, there wasn't a lot of positive, um, you know, role models and mentors and educators in your life. So I felt with my platform, I wanted to come back to the city and speak on my story and educate and mentor young students and hope that they would pay it forward when they when they when they get older and if they had a platform or do it with anything positive. And so as I was playing in the NFL, I, I, I really started developing this. Everyone learns differently because I would get this big old playbook, Carol. And I'm like, man, I, I got to process this thing and, 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 and get out on the field like that. It, it was so much different than college because college, you know, I was just so talented and so athletic that I, I, I could kind of get away with not knowing the plays and just go make plays. Cause that's how talented I was. But in the NFL, you know, it's a game of inches. You know, everybody's everybody's good. Everybody's great at the NFL level. And 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 I know in the media and things, they'll try to, you know, crucify a player and say a player sucks or a player isn't good. No, no, no. Anybody that's playing in the NFL is is, is the best of the best. Believe it. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to comprehend this playbook. And so I started to do walkthroughs and find different ways to learn. And as I as I as I started to see and experience I started to understand that other players had other ways of comprehending the playbook too and I realized oh everyone learns differently so then when I came back home I knew that after I was done playing I wanted to share my story and and help kids um you know empower them in their learning differences and and help them realize that okay if I have a difference you know I should feel good about that especially if I have a learning challenge I should feel good about that embrace that because that's what makes me different that's what makes me unique and so really we're just trying to uh, create an organization that empowers our differences as well as just help students um, you know with learning challenges you know grow and, and and live in their truth really well and you're putting your money where your mouth is so part of how you're investing in those students is through your scholarship program. And you have two scholarships you gave out this year. Tell us about those two scholarships and uh, if you can share the recipients. Yes, uh, the first uh, scholarship we gave out was in 2021 uh, to a young uh, woman named Maya Mora uh, Rosen Rosenhall who attended stadium. Uh, she was, she uh, she was our first awardee. Uh, she had a really empowering story about, you know, her emotional uh, uh, and, and social uh, challenges as well as her mental health. And so we awarded her a five thousand dollars scholarship. She went on to attend uh, uh, the University of Hawaii. And then this year in 2022, uh, we passed out two scholarships uh, uh, to 
uh, $3,000 scholarships, one to Josiah Jordan out of Lincoln um, uh, High School, go Abe's, and he's attending, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and he is attending uh, University of, of, um, of, of Puget Sound, and then Zenobia um, um, uh, from Summit High School is attending uh, Central Washington. So uh, we, we are uh, super excited um, about giving, giving those scholarships away to those young students uh, because they were deserving, they had empowering stories. And it, it's just a good feeling to, to provide you know, this funding and this resource for them because when I was coming up um, in high school, I didn't see anything like this. And I hear a lot of um, you know, talk from students when I come into the high schools and talk and I ask them, is there any scholarship like this? Is there any organization like this? And they say no. So that makes me feel good, Carol. That really does. Yeah, you're, you know, it's it's part of the reason why some of the suffering that we go through, that you personally went through, some of why that had to happen is so that you would feel the way you feel now about other people who have the same experience. That's where the empathy comes from. And I, I just had this conversation today with a beautiful friend that education without empathy, right? That, that, that's where, to me, that's a, that's a environment where evil doing can arise because you don't care you're knowledgeable, but you don't care about anybody else except yourself. Uh, so mm. it's that combination of being both educated and caring about others, plus having the resources. Because I know your mama made you take good care of your money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my mom, my mom uh, should have been. Uh, an FA, she should have been a financial advisor. She should have been an accountant because she she's a uh, she's good with the numbers. She is. I got <laughs> I, shout out to mom. Shout out to mom. And you didn't do without nothing you really wanted, but you still you took care of that piece. You'll have to come back sometime and just talk a little bit about you know the whole the financial side of things and how there's a lot that could be learned about sports and the money and you know we so, so often see athletes who lose it all it seems like overnight um, partly because they don't have people like your mother to help guide them and they're only 22 years old right and all of a sudden mm. they got hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, to spend but I do we need to close but I do want to thank your parents uh Lewis Cooper Jr., Don Cooper, um, and of course your beautiful sister. I know you are now. Aren't are you an uncle? Aren't you an uncle now? I I I, I, I am uncle. uncle uh, yeah, uncle yeah, X? uncle Uncle X. Keisha brought uh, rain rain her son rain into this world uh, last week, and I feel blessed. And now now uh, the pressure's on me to be a better role model because I, I, I got this young man looking up to me now, uh, for, for many more years. So I got to get in shape as well. Cause he's going to be trying to wrestle me and do some other things too. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, like your father, he may just grow up to be 10% body fat like you. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, where can people get more information about the scholarship program and everyone learns differently? 
yes, uh, you can um, um, go to um, everyonelearnsdifferently.org. Um, all, all of our information is on that website. Uh, you can contact us. Uh, we, we are a resource. If you have any questions, we will try to get back to you in a timely, man timely manner. And we're also on uh, social media. Uh, we're, we're trying to get more established on social media, on Instagram. Uh, so we're on Instagram too. And reach out to us on Instagram, whether that's uh, a young student who's having learning challenges, thinks they have learning challenges, but are unsure how to, how to approach that, or parents who are concerned about their uh, child's learning challenges or a parent that may have learning challenges that just may need to, uh, you know, get help for themselves. We're, we're, we're here to talk and, and I'm, and I'm here to share my message. I, anybody who wants me to come speak and share my message, I'm trying to um, raise money uh, that way, uh, Carol, for the, for the scholarship to get out here and share my message, raise money that way. So yeah. Um, and, and I thank you for allow, allowing me to speak on here. Of course. And uh, congratulations also on your partnership with Summit. I know that uh, you you all are planning to collaborate and uh, do some positive things together. We had uh, Principal Anthony, is it Anthony Clark? Yes, yes. Anthony is, uh, he's solid, good character. Uh, he, he really uh, has good intentions for those students there. And, 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 and I'm impressed with what 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 his leadership and his team is doing i'm i'm really impressed and i'm i'm so fortunate and grateful to be a part um of, of these expeditions uh will be um i'll be um helping uh some kids in the next couple of weeks uh learn uh, health and fitness and learn how to work out learn how to be a professional uh and i'm i'm excited because i never had you know, an expedition like this, never had an experience like this. So for me to be a part of it and give my knowledge back um, to these, uh, you know, young women and, and, and men is, is very powerful. And I'm, it brings me true joy. Well, Xavier, you're a treasure. Um, you, you know, this is what I think we all hope for, that young people will uh, go where they need to go, to get that education um, will be successful and then come back and make investments in the places where they began in their origin point. Uh, so I'm, I'm really proud of you and thankful for you and for everyone learns differently. Uh, thanks for being here tonight. And, and thanks to the audience for listening and watching and supporting the Black Robe podcast. I'm Carol Mitchell with Xavier Cooper tonight. And we'll see you next time.